from BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker. Welcome back to another episode of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. I'm Brock Aker. The Bethany Lutheran College Vikings men and women both won the UMAC championship this past week. Both games were hosted by the Vikings the first time Bethany's ever done that for the UMAC. And both of them were victorious. The first games on Wednesday, Bethany men took care of business against Wisconsin Superior. A very similar game that just happened four days prior. Going on, the women beat Morris by 10. Close game throughout, kind of a low-scoring grudge match. But the Vikings come up big at the end, winning 53-43. And then Saturday, the two championship games, both teams kind of struggled Early on, we're behind most of the game. The men were down as much as 10 points. They came back, though, in the final eight minutes, and then they won by 10, 92-82, to go dancing for the second time in the last three years. While the women, again, they were down most of the game, but in the fourth quarter, they took control and downed Wisconsin Superior 64-58 to be back-to-back UMAC tournament champions. And now, both of them had selection Monday today, earlier, to celebrate and find out where they're playing. The men are playing in Nebraska Wesleyan. They'll play the University of Washington, St. Louis, while the women will play against Bethel on the road. And the Bethel will be the hosting team there. So two big games, the Vikings, the underdog in both of them. But the Vikings beat St. John's two years ago on an upset. The women trying to come up with an upset this year and the men as well against University of Washington, St. Louis. Those two games will be fun. Now we'll have two interviews. The first, Coach Fletcher, Brian Smith, and Jared Malinkovich will join me. Following that, Lyle Jones and Kenley Pileski will join for another interview. Their second time each on the Bethany Vikings podcast. So two more interviews today celebrating the championship week of the Bethany Vikings men's and women's basketball team. I'm joined by starters Brian Smith and Jared Malinkovich and head coach Matt Fletcher. They're coming off an exciting week of basketball, defeating the three-seed Superior at home on Wednesday and then beating St. Scholastica on Saturday to win their second conference championship in the last three years. How are you three today? And can you explain all the emotions you went through these last five days? Good. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind. We're trying to settle in now and found out who we're playing finally today. So now we can kind of get organized and uh, put a prep together and a scout together and get the rust off these guys after a couple of days off here. And, uh, and then we got to hit the road already coming up pretty soon in two days. So it'll go really quick. Uh, I'm doing well also. Thanks for having us. Um, like Coach said, uh, Big week. I mean, it was just a big weekend for us overall. Um, two big games for us. Uh, two anxious games, I'll say. You know, with the way they were played, but you know, exciting, fun. I'm um, good too. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's just nice to still continue to talk about this. So it's good. So the UMAC doesn't really get any at-large bids. They just get one team. Does that put any more pressure on you, or how to? Does that affect how you play at all, or put more emphasis on the tournament for you guys? Yeah, obviously it adds pressure to that tournament. Um, I think we're trying we're trying to change that narrative for uh, ourselves, anyways. Um, we played nine 
Division three region teams um, went five and four. So early in the year, we were at least in the mix in discussions and regional talks. Um, we would have had to obviously have a much better record than we did at five and four. We'd had to be around that probably seven and two at least, preferably eight and one to have a chance at a, at a bid. But obviously, yeah, you get to that tournament. But we, I, I don't know. We've never even really talked about how you have to win two to get in other than, you know, recruiting kids and telling them the facts of it. But as players and coaches, we we just took a kind of a day at a time. We had to beat Superior, and then yeah, I mean, heck, we thought we were going to be going to Northwestern, and then we got a home game. So, and that was that caught us by surprise that night. We didn't have any idea. So, I think we we did a pretty good job of keeping the pressure off, more of just focusing on who we had at hand. So, that made it a little bit easier and took the pressure off. I think. Um, I agree with what he said. Uh, we obviously know the stakes a little bit um, ahead of time. You know, like being in a smaller conference that they have a large division might. The at-large bid might not be for us, but I mean, if anything, that just supplies more um, inspiration and wants you to go harder, you know, knowing that you have to win. Yeah, coming off what B said, I think we all expect that we're not going to get an at-large, so might as well go win the championship and get an automatic one for sure. All right, let's start with that first game against Superior. Did you switch your game plan at all? It seemed like it was about the very similar of a game it was Saturday, like four days earlier. Yeah, we we didn't change a whole lot. I I, I felt like we played pretty well offensively. Um, I thought defensively we made some errors that were unnecessary. So I thought we could have guarded him even better uh, that next day. Um, just some simple adjustments, like on on post touches when they threw it into Veed, we wanted to make sure that we stayed home on their perimeter shooters. We got burnt a couple times um, in the first game. So, I mean, stuff like that, for example, just minor, minor details. But we felt like if we came out and played our game and executed what we were trying to do, we had a good chance to win. So we, we didn't kind of overthink it. We uh, we just kind of brought that same energy and effort that second time. Brian, you had a really good game, 16 points, five assists. Um, did you feel going into the tournament you're playing your best basketball? You averaged like 22 points in the last three games before that. Are you feeling a lot more confident right now? Um think confidence and just comfortable comfortable um those are the two things that probably helped me more so down the stretch is getting more used to the system you know still my first year here first year in the system so i'm just getting more comfortable really every single game it seems uh jared you also had a good game six for nine 15 points have you seen your offense last year you're all defense but do you feel more dynamic on offense this year scoring's up yeah definitely since last year my main like points of emphasis sort of basically play defense get rebounds because we had a lot of bunch of different scores last year on the team but now that we graduated a couple of our starters that I knew how to come in and Fletch had confidence in me to like score the ball and do what I do on offense too as I do on defense. You really got into Veed's head I feel like he didn't score much did you think Trenton Krieger one of his best defensive games do you think here at Bethany or how did that matchup go you? Yeah I think uh if you want to talk about that tournament and knowing the automatic bid and all those different things, I think that kind of set into Trent that night. Um, when I challenged him pregame, I said, "It's a senior against a senior. Who do, you, who do you want to win? If we win, we keep. If we keep going, if we don't." Mm -hmm. And I think he uh, that was about his attention to detail. He's been focused on a scout. Um, took away things from Veed that whole game. Made him uncomfortable. And just got in his head, and then it made him more aggressive and attack him offensively. So, uh, yeah, I think Trent, that might have been one of the best games Trent's played in a Bethany uniform uh, that Wednesday night, and then obviously followed up with 29 and 11 or whatever he had on Saturday. So he had a decent week, I think, last week. 
Yeah, so after that, you talked about you watched the St. Scholastica Northwestern game. I saw you had like a little pizza party. So I know you guys kind of have a rivalry with St. Scholastica, but you were cheering for them then. How was that dynamic different? Um, I think me personally, I probably, I wasn't really paying attention to who won because like you said, it's my first year. So in terms of like the rivalry and stuff, I mean, I still don't know everybody like that. I don't have personal ties to anybody. So um, I think both teams, either way, would have been a good game. Both teams are solid. So for me, it wasn't really a big deal who won. Jared, did you want Scholastica to win to come back? Because last year, you know, they came in, you wanted a revenge game, or how did that? I mean, it's nice to have them come back to our floor and we can beat them since they beat us last year here. But I think us more cheering was more like an upset between Northwestern and Scholastica. Obviously, we wish we could have got it back at Northwestern, but either way, it was nice. So what was the game plan against St. Scholastica? They're a different team, a lot different team than Superior. They're way more deeper. Their best player comes off the bench. Can you explain the different dynamics of that, the two different teams there? Yeah, they're, uh, they're huge. You know, they play a lot of big, big athletic wings. Um, you know, they do a lot of same side action, so we wanted to make sure we stayed home on gaps on the same side of the floor. Um, and then we just wanted to make them shoot contested jump shots is kind of the goal. Um, and I actually, you know, I wasn't sure how I felt after the game, after, you know, just live action, but after going through the film and we'll go through with that, the guys today, we did a pretty good job. They hit some pretty tough shots. Um, they had all the momentum. You could tell they were in a rhythm. I think they were coming off of a high from Wednesday night's game too. Um, and, and they've come here two out of my three years prior to this and ended our season. So, I mean, this was a, a familiar place for them to, uh, to win an upset. And I felt like they came in with the attitude that they weren't the underdog, and that's kind of how they brought that first half. And then we just kind of stuck to it in that second half, continued to make them shoot contested jump shots, contested jump shots, and then all of a sudden they started missing. And then our transition game kicked in, you know, and that's why at eight minutes in the game we're down 10 and four minutes in the game left and we're up seven. So just like that, that's how fast our offense and defense can click and get things going. So we didn't do anything ab abnormal, though. We didn't really change a whole lot. Um, we just focus a lot more on personnel and action, and we make sure that they know what type of stuff's coming and it's on them to do their job and, and just play. Jared, you had a big first half there knocking down three three-pointers. How did you keep your team like within that striking distance early in the first half? I was, my teammates found me. I had the open driving lanes, and most teams usually sag off me from three. So I knew coming into the game that if they're going to sag off me, it's got to pull it, and I hit three to keep us within a reasonable distance. Okay, Fletch talked about that last eight minutes where you guys went on a big run. Brian, you weren't shooting the ball that well early on, but in the last eight minutes, you had so many steals that led to the transition coach was talking about. Can you explain how you really picked it up in the last eight minutes and helped spark that? defense, Lily, in the last eight minutes to get back in the game and win it? Yeah, um, I just have a lot of confidence on the defensive end of the ball, I feel like, and I think, um, I wouldn't say I struggled defensively all game, but I definitely wasn't as locked in or as, as, bad, as good as I know I could be. The game was on the line as well, so I just knew I had to go out there and you know, really just lock in on the defensive end. I know if I put my mind to it, I feel like I can guard anybody, so that's really what I did. Uh, I know your brother played at Northern State in these type of big games. He played in D that D2 tournament, went all the championship. Do you yeah. take advice from him before uh, games, or how's that relationship? Uh, not necessarily, like, before a certain game, but, I mean, I talk to him literally. He's over in London now, and I still, like, every day we talk, you know, just about basketball, about games. So 
I've always had him in my ear. He's always been in my corner to give me any type of advice. So after that game against uh, Scholastica, you won, and then you all came back. I, I really liked how the whole team came back to watch the girls and really were loud. How are you guys' relationship with the ladies on this team? Jared, you take this one. <laughs> well, personally, Abby Wilson is my girlfriend, obviously. I think most people know that, so I always got to support her like she supports me before every game. And it was a championship game, too. And they lost, or they won last year, too, against Superior. So having our support again, I know, I think helped. There's a lot of people there compared to some home games that they have. So it's nice to see all the whole team come back, support them, and get it up. I've been to a lot of a lot of schools, and I don't, I don't see many teams that have – I mean, our teams get along pretty well. Um, we see it on the bus to an annoying standpoint. They're just loud and annoying the whole time. But <laughs> – uh, it's good, and the women support us. We support them. I mean, we get along with the coaching staff great. It's it's a it's a, actually a really good situation. It makes it fun and easy for us to cheer for each other. Oh, this question's for Jared and Coach Fletcher. How is it the experience? Does experience go to another level when you have two brothers on the team you're sharing with, and your your dad's the coach? Does that add to the moment at all? Yeah, I mean, for I don't know. He, my dad was he was a coach for so long and then so I was a part of you know being his water boy and coming to practices so I grew up being a part of his program and then when I got the job my first year he just was a fan he came to every game um, and then after that I, I decided you know if he's going to drive to every single game why can't he get involved and having him join on he doesn't do a whole lot of scouting and different stuff he does recruiting for us but the main thing he brings is he's probably the happiest guy you can ask these guys I mean I don't know if he's been mad ever unless it's as an official so um he just kind of brings a smile to everybody's face even though he's kind of a goon sometimes but um i think he just lightens the mood a little bit because we can be serious all the time and then here he comes walking in and has nothing <laughs> nothing totally to say other than just making guys laugh so it's been good to have him on board have him on board uh for me obviously jake is my twin so i grew up playing basketball with him since second grade through high school and now into college it's fun that for flex recruited us both and then for Tanner, I never really got to play with him through high school since he's a couple years older than me. So it's nice to have him come back and actually get to share the floor with him. All right. So today you guys had that watch party at 1130. How was that atmosphere? Do you feel like it like in D1, you know, it's Selection Sunday. Do you get hyped for that as much as they do or explain the process there? Yeah, D2 and D3. Um, I've been a part of both now. Um, it's just an online stream rather than live on CBS. Obviously, there's not a million viewers, but uh, we try to make it a big deal because it is. You know, there's 300 and I don't even know, 360 Division three teams in the country right now, and there's only 64 of us left playing. So I don't care what level you're playing. You get to an NCAA tournament, you enjoy it. So we treat it that way today. Can you explain the difference now that you're going to the NCAA tournament and the difference between the UMAC is you've seen those teams twice and this team you're playing against uh, University of Washington, St. Louis. How does like the film you could come from the player aspect and the coach, how different it is when you see two different teams, but one of them you really know and now you don't know much about this team? For the coaching standpoint, that's kind of our job to, uh, I mean, we'll watch enough film where it feels like we've played them eight times. Um, Perrin's already, I think, I think he's already three games in right now. Um, you, you try to memorize as much as possible, but you know, he kind of does more of the sets, the actual actions that they run and then personnel. And I try to figure out, 
you know, uh, tendencies and different things that they try to look for and tempo they use and style of play. And then I study more of their defense. Um, so I think our job then is to relay that to the guys. So when they do take the court, although it is the first time that they've played these guys, they feel like they know who they're playing already uh, through film and study that we, we bring to them and we guard their action for at least two days. And um, it's tough though. I mean, it's different, but they have the same challenge, you know, you put Kyrie and Brian on film, they might not look as fast until you're trying to stop them in transition. So we hope that we can get that thing moving up and down the court and see if they like to play that kind of style, I guess. As a player, how much film would you say you probably watch a week? Uh, I mean, we don't get to watch as much film as they do, but I think the biggest thing for us is once we do watch film and scout and practice, I think we just got to be even more locked in than we are during the UMAC games. Okay, so... Last question here. What is the schedule now? You practice tonight, I'm guessing. When do you travel to Nebraska Wesleyan? You've been to Nebraska Wesleyan before to play. Can you explain that process these next three days or four days leading up to the first game? Yeah, so it's a little different. Um, obviously, everything runs through the NCAA now. So I have conference calls. I've had stuff going on today. I have a conference call again tomorrow. Um, we'll get our hotel set. Our bus will leave right now. It sounds like we'll be leaving about 8 or 9 a.m. on Thursday. We have a timed uh, practice on Thursday at the location at Nebraska Wesleyan. That time is still to, uh, still not determined yet because actually we are the closest of the three other schools coming there. So we get last choice. So that'll vary on when we leave then also. So then Thursday we'll practice, we'll eat on the way there. And then that night we'll probably go and do a team dinner or something like that. I have the coaches meeting that night and then Friday is kind of our typical. We try to keep it as routine as normal. I mean, we'll wake up, we'll have breakfast, we'll do scout film. We'll go through their personnel, their action, different stuff like that. And then we do have a shoot around, which is a little different than we've had. But we have been doing some things like that um, where we get back on the court for a little bit more, go through their stuff one more time, and then we're the first game at 5 o'clock on Friday. All right, that's all we got here today from the men's basketball. I appreciate Brian, Jared, and Fletcher coming on in this busy weekend. Keep up the high-intensity and good basketball player down in Nebraska. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Coming up next. Lyle Jones and Kenley Pileski. All right, now we're joined by senior Kenley Pileski and coach Lyle Jones coming off an amazing week of another UMAC championship. Starting off Wednesday in Morris, that was a heavyweight duel. He told me on Monday last week that it's a four-team race. Those four teams all have a chance, and that game Wednesday definitely was a close one. Yeah, I mean, the Morris game uh... – we said that you know on the podcast before that there anybody could win it and it was a tough game and uh we didn't shoot particularly well that game our defense kind of pulled us through and kind of in the same way with superior kenley what do you what stuck out to you during that game against morris um i think morris is a team we match up really well with and van kempen and i have pretty similar games um hannah had a post that she could guard inside and then they also have some good shooting guards like we do as well so I think that's why it was such a close game, and it always is a close game with them, home or away, just because we match up so well with them. Did you learn a lot from your team there? Because usually you outscore a lot of teams. You, you average over 72 points, but you won kind of differently that game, only scoring 53 points. What did you learn from that game like about yourselves? Well, you know, I think we learned what we've been talking about all year is that defense is going to win it. Our offense is going to be on and off. I know even in the Superior game, I think we shot 18% from three-point. Some days you're just not going to shoot well. But defense is all about effort and just you know getting the work done, hard work, hard work ethic. 
And if you keep that consistent, uh, you do pretty well. And, and as far as our, our team goes on that, you know, we had some good help when we needed it, uh, some good doubles once in a while, once in a great while, because we don't want to double too much uh, on Morris or Superior. And uh, everybody kind of played their position well defensively, and uh, we came out with a win. How big was your bench that game? Natasha, Emily Gustin, and Skylar Cotton combined for 16 off the bench. I thought Natasha singularly came off with a lot of energy drawing charges. How big was that? Your bench unit. Yeah, I think I think in the first half, if we had to pick a player, it would have been Natasha, who really gave us a spark and and kind of kept us in it. And then the second half, it was it was uh, Gus, who Emily, who came off the bench and uh, just did a wonderful job for us. So, you said, what did you learn? Is that uh, some some games it's somebody different that steps up, and that's kind of way it's gone all year. You know, sometimes it's Kenley or Hannah or Laura. Uh, it's always someone else that steps up. Now, if we ever get that all in one game, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then going against the championship, you went against Superior. What was your message to your team, Lyle and Kenley? You're a captain. What were you guys trying to accomplish in that game? Um, kind of starting off, Scrine and I and Laura as well knew it was going to be a big defensive game for us, just as it was before the a week before when we played them. Um, but yeah, always in our huddles, we're always saying the bench helps us. Everybody has something to do with us winning. I mean, the positivity on and off the court, um, <clears throat> how we all talk on the floor, and yeah, just our defense really won that one for us. The, the turnovers got you a little bit in the first uh, half and right away in the second half. What was the problem early on in that? You know, I, I think it was jitters. <laughs> I really do. And we were trying to play a little too fast. Uh, in our offensive scheme, and I think we're trying to force things a little bit too much. I don't think it was so much of them stealing the ball. I think we just needed to slow down and be patient. And as you, we got further into the game, I think the nerves settled down a little bit, and uh, we had a lot less turnovers. Did you say anything in particular at halftime? Because in the second half, you outscored them by 12, and you really picked it up. Any big message do you remember, Kenley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I remember? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely struggled that first half. I mean, I had two turnovers, like, in a row, I think, and um, coaches let me know that I needed to pick it up and <laughs> that we all just kind of needed to keep our momentum. We really need the first five minutes were going to be really important going into that second half. So That might have been the first time all year we, know, we yeah. got on you a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it was about just let's get this going. I mean – this is what everyone, you know, they, they, these young ladies dream of this since they come through fourth, fifth grade plan, and, and it's all on the line, and you got to get it done, and uh, they did. You really stopped their uh, top two players, Reinertsen and uh, Carpenter, but their two other seniors, Ruiz and Kimmick, I think it was, that came yep. up big. So you stopped the top two options. How did were you able to do well, that? Even in the game before when we played Superior, you know, we look at a lot of stats and analytics uh, from the uh, computer programs we have and stuff. And, you know, Carpenter's shooting, I think it's almost 50% from three. So you really got to shut down the top players and, you know, hope that does someone else try to beat you. And the previous game, they had some subs on the bench that took a lot of shots that probably shouldn't have. But I kind of got, that's why we got up by 21. In the second game, those couple players, you know, four, I forget her name, but she ended up hitting a few intermediate shots on us. But uh, I'd rather have someone like that beat us than someone you know is 50% shooter and let her shoot all night long. Talking about, like, you try to stop the key players, I think they were really focusing on Abby. She didn't probably have the ball as much as prior games to double in her every time she touched it. In the second half, your offense 
really took off though did you game plan at halftime did you switch something up there yeah well we came in at halftime and we had I, th I believe we only had shot in five free throws and all year long our goal is to make more free throws than the other team shoots uh and so we came in and said we're just going to pound it inside and so i know after the game i heard in the hallway you know maybe the refs kind of you know blew the game for them and stuff because they didn't have a lot of fouls well superior shoots a lot of intermediate shots or threes they don't really go inside and we just pounded it inside we got in the bonus really early mm -hmm. and then we took advantage of that and started penetration and got more fouls and got to the free throw line kenley you in particular in that fourth quarter you were really big defensively blocking shots offensively you were running the court, getting layups, and you hit that three. Did you hit another gear knowing this was your last quarter at Bethany? What what was your fourth quarter, really? Yeah, I think kind of just as a senior, you don't really realize when it could be your last game. I mean, you don't know that feeling. You've never had that feeling before. And it kind of, Scrine and I kind of like, we need to get it going. Like, we're not going to be done. We can't be done. That's not an option. So I think kind of just that not overwhelming feeling, but just knowing I don't want to be done kind of thing to really, that really pushed me in scrying on our defense. I, I think her block shot was really kind of a momentum changer. It was a major block. It was, it was kind of funny. Yeah, I went almost like the second row right behind him. <laughs> uh, that championship game, there were 600 people there compared to 200 just Wednesday night. Explain how the crowd really helped you get, carry you guys. I mean, it's insane. I, that video that was all over Twitter, I mean, you can see when Laura made that three, the crowd went crazy. I mean, we have pictures of it. It's just awesome to have that environment and even kind of feeding off from the men's game. There was tons of people. I mean, the track was full up top. The bleachers were full. Just having that environment really pushes us all to play our best and win. Uh, the b men's basketball team, were, a lot of them came back out there on the top uh, track and, and area. And the baseball team was mm -hmm. there. Baseball. Yep. Can you explain a little bit of your relationship with uh, men's basketball? You travel, obviously, when you go on the road. You're with them all the time. I know from a coaching standpoint, and Kenley, you can talk with the other with player um, relationships, but with as, as far as the coaches go, when Matt came in, it was really a brush of fresh air because he will bend over backwards for our program. And sometimes you don't get that in college sports where, you know, the men and the women and and uh, he really bends over backwards, asking us when we would like to practice, do we need to stop, let's plan this together. So everything's really planned out well ahead of time with our two programs, with the coaches. And we've always supported the men, they've always supported us. It's a great relationship. And we've got, I know with Ryan Craig with the baseball and, and uh, Dan Nessler of softball, those coaches, I mean, our girls go out and watch the softball games. So it's, it's a great atmosphere when you have that on a campus. Yeah, I mean, being only my second year here, I didn't really get to come in with the freshman class like Hannah and Abby did, but I know they really made some major relationships with guys on the men's team, and I think that really helps because then, like last year when we were the early game, they re they watched our games, they got into our games, and now it was kind of our turn this year when we were getting to watch mo like half of their game and then the um, end of the second half of their games, just kind of like supporting each other. Yeah, this, you're back-to-back -back champions now. You won the – last year which one does one feel more special you went on the road that was your first one but this one was at home you got to celebrate with your crowd which one well you know it always the, the first one in school history is always probably going to be a little bit more special but as you've been in the profession like myself it, it's always the last one seems to everyone you get just feels good i don't know if one feels better than the other sometimes it depends upon the competition and how you won the game and if it was a struggle or if it was an easy win 
Uh, but there sure are nice when you get back to back. Maybe we'll three peat. Right. Anyone more special for you, Kenley? Or? I mean, it was really nice to be able to have the home court advantage. We obviously are going to shoot better at home, play better at home, be way more comfortable. We get to stay in our beds. We don't have to travel. So that really helps, I think. I talked about, like, on my call at the end that there's a dynasty kind of brewing here. Coach, do you see that coming? You got another good recruiting class, do you think? And yeah, I think we have a really good recruiting class coming, and each year you try to do the best you can. But, you know, you talk about the dynasty or whatever, but I th Kenley, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, last year the, the girls had ordered rings, and on the rings we are deciding, well, what do you put on each side? Is it the year or whatever? And she goes, well, why don't we just wait because we're going to go next year. Kind of prophetic. Said, leave the side <laughs> empty. Leave the side empty. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of, I thought about that last time going, man, she was right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's a great situation. And who knows, you know, next year what'll happen. Uh, sometimes it's a lot of luck. Like, you know, I know Northwestern had a player go down. You have a starter go down. It's a lot harder, but we've got some great recruits coming and some great kids coming back. All right, going more today. Today was the Selection Monday. What was your favorite part of the festivities on the Selection Show today? I mean, just kind of getting all together to watch together was fun, but, I mean, we saw Whitewater come up, and we're all like <laughs> – it was like the second – I, I thought second, that was going to be the one. Yeah, it was the first five minutes, and we were like – it kind of just like stopped breathing, and we're like, okay, is this one us? Nope. And then Wartburg came up, and we're like, okay, is this one us? Nope. And then <laughs> right at the end, we got Bethel. So kind of right. just like, – everyone just kind of stopped, and – pause because we just wanted to know were you surprised you ended up at Bethel or you know it was we thought we, we were a good pick because they like to keep you in your region or close at least in the first two games so it was either going to be Whitewater Wartburg or Bethel so it was going to be one of them and it really doesn't matter which one you get you're just glad to be there uh Bethel's pretty close like you said have you played them lately or is this going to be one of your first matchups against them this will be the first time I believe uh, I know since I've coached, we've never played them, and I don't think when Coach Young uh, was coaching the team, I don't know if they played them. The JV played them this Did year, they? but yeah. that was it. Our yeah. girls' JV played their JV. But Okay, how do you know? I guess you've only had a couple hours since you know that you're playing them. Do you know how you match up? Yeah, have you seen any film against them, or how is practice today? We've always watched different teams within our state with the MIAC and stuff, and so I know – uh, assistant coach Emma Perfist has watched them a little bit. And I just got done watching a couple games of them too. So I think the matchups is, is pretty good, whether it's post or perimeter. We're pretty even as far as height. And uh, and sometimes, like last year with Wartburg, they were huge. They were all very tall, very strong uh, players. Um, but we I think we match up pretty good with them. So last question here, what does your schedule look like now? You said you just came from practice. What do these next few days entail? Well, why don't you tell them your schedule? I can tell them mine later. <laughs> My schedule? Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll probably continue practicing the next two days, and then Thursday um, we'll go up there and we get to be on the court for a limited amount of time and then play on Friday. Yeah, mine, I go home after this, and I'll probably watch about three more games and come back in in the morning, and then me and Emma will go through three or four games. We'll go kind of through the analytics, uh, the, all the stats on them, and try to find out some weaknesses in the stat area. Uh, you know, you know what are they doing out-of-bounds plays, side out-of-bounds? I mean, just all the little things uh, come into play uh, that you try to get an edge on. Um, so it's going to be very busy and tiring. 
I guess I didn't really think of it. It's spring break next week. Did you have to switch any plans up? <laughs> nope. Or do you have I, this? I didn't make plans. I, I had this either. in my calendar. <laughs> yep. All right, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you two coming on the show and taking time, and good luck against Bethel this upcoming weekend. Thanks Thank a lot. You. That is it for this week's Bethany Vikings podcast. Coming up next week, we'll get assistant coach Wally of the baseball team to preview the Arizona trip as well as head coach Dan Nessler. So come back next week and we'll preview the softball, baseball season. Softball's already got a season started. Baseball's going to get started too in about a week here in Arizona. I'm Brock Avery.